Hallelujah. Sinaweza. Sinaweza. You know, one of the one of the things about this uh when God gives a word there is what is called a prophetic stewardship and administration. Amen. And I believe what happens to a person is that they get excited about the insight that the revelation unpacks but they don't ask themselves the levels of stewardship that are required of them so that that which they have had they can sustain for a shelf life you see uh without that happening you will you will always be looking for words but if you build stewardship and administration you will be able to move from begging to digging to money to riches money is not the ultimate riches but it is somewhere in the stewardship ladder hello it is somewhere in the stewardship ladder and you will understand that when god is bringing restoration he is shattering shame ama but when god shatters shame do you understand the principles of honor do you understand the administration of walking and uh, and uh, carrying yourself in a honorable manner amen so that is why when whenever you look at the book of judges they would always need triggers to get to god because they had not developed thought of god so they needed triggers i'm going through a rough time that's a trigger i've lost my cat that's a trigger i need a job that's a trigger and many of you your relationship with god is trigger based so as long as you need triggers you will never experience the fullness of what god has for you come on somebody because when 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 you look at god the bible says in the book of romans they did not want to retain him in their thoughts so there is a place that now god begins to shape your thought life your narratives your initiatives to the degree that now you can become a kingdom agent wherever he has placed you because the restoration is when a restoration happens to a person it replenishes other people ama it replenishes other lives but when, that's why I, i i was telling you on sunday many of us are into recovery that is why it is still only you who has gotten it but when restoration occurs it replenishes other lives while it is still stuck in you it is still recovery and that means you're still living on triggers you need something to trigger you so the book of judges was always about people who are being triggered into things yeah god had to bring the philistines to trigger them and then when peace comes they forget when prosperity comes they forget so there were triggers that were being used to bring them into a place of alignment but when you become a person who understands restoration 
you are able now to see the two trees and know which tree you should not eat. You cannot be eating the same tree. Ama? You cannot be eating the same tree. Now you, you can choose the tree of life. Hello? Am I talking to somebody here? Am I talking to somebody here? Am I talking to somebody here? So my, my, one, my one request, and this also goes to, let me put this on silent, sorry. I don't even know why it is ringing. New things come with new things, yeah? Thank you. That's why even for, for us, God, is, as he's put us in this place of bringing this message of restoration, it is not just something we consume. It will put us in a place where we become stewards of it so that those who come around us can get restored, not distorted, restored. Am I talking to somebody here? And, and this goes to, to tell us that, and this even goes to, 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 to those of us in the country, you know, you may think that, you know, me, I don't preach to you, I preach through you. Yeah? And not just you here, but those who even who follow through after we have preached and they come and they find the message, they must, whatever time they find it, it must work for them within the same, same level of commitment and the same, same level of uh, intensity that you are receiving it. So it's important that you ask yourself, am I trigger-based or thought-developed? Yeah? Has, has this thing developed into a thought, a thinking system, a living system? Am it is just a trigger. Pull me out, I get out, I'll get back in in five days. No, no, no. It should be something deeper than that. So, God talking to the book of, uh, speaking to Joel, in the book of Joel chapter 2, he says that I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. And I'm here to let you know that when it comes to restoration, time is a factor. Hello? And he says, I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. And uh, that means that seasons that have been passed and seasons that have been passed. And this goes to, you know, I had, a, I had something that I wanted to say on Sunday. I said, no, I like taking my time. I think God has spoken because sometimes I think I have a good enough head. I don't need to add him. So I don't need to add him. But sometimes people have a way of making uh, life plans. And then those plans come through. And then they, they say, wow, look at God. <laughs> and then when that plan does not work, you say, oh, God, where are you? Have you, have you seen? That's the danger of being this knowledge-based society. But allow me to tell you that when it comes to restoration, it is a spiritual process. Come on. Come on. It is a spiritual, you see, to be, to be restored is not to function as you planned or thought to function. 
Hello? To be restored is to function in a manner. If you look at the book of Job, the last chapter, and it talks about Job's restoration. When God is talking about restoration, it says, and God blessed the latter years of Job more. So Job did not get, 42, Job did not get what he lost because in restoration, the Lord blessed and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So you can't be restored to what you had. That's recovery. Come on. If you lose and get, you've recovered what you lost. Come on. But this twice as much you are getting, something has been removed from it. And that is the time factor. That if you are to leave, for you to acquire what God will give you within that time, it will take you to live two lives. And you live, die, then live, die. To acquire what God is giving you in that time. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. So when it's talking about restoration, God is not giving you what you had before. That is recovery. If we get what we lost, we have just recovered. Hello? Am I talking to somebody here? But when God gives you more twice, as what you had, you are now not talking about recovery. You are talking of restoration. Hey. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to somebody here? Am I talking to somebody here? And so, my, my, my angle tonight will be going towards restoration and, uh, and timing, yeah? And uh, it's going to be important for us so that you may understand that when you look at the men of David, there were men of war, but the men who understood time, all the men of war heeded the men who understood time. And that is to tell you that he who can manage time or understand time can control skillful men, can control men of war. So everything that you have, you just don't have a time teller. Come on. Come on. The Bible says, and the sons of Issachar, before it reaches the sons of Issachar, there were sons of Gibeon who were men of war. There were sons of Naphtali who could throw stones with both hands. There were other sons who were skilled in war and trained in war. There were some who had faces like lion and feet like, like antelopes. But the one thing they did not have was the person of time. And so the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of time, all the other children heeded them. And so when it comes to restoration, God wants us to become time tellers. Come on. You see, a beautiful thing is happening in our country right now. A beautiful move is happening in our country right now. And the beautiful move that is happening in our country is that we are seeing the resurgence of mega meetings. And we are seeing the resurgence of mega Christian things and, and mega this and mega that. And we are calling it revival. And it's okay. But my, 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 my eye through the needle would be 
that revival that you are calling should not just be about filling stadiums. Come on. It should not just be about filling stadiums. It should move beyond the stadiums into economic spaces. We should fill education spaces. We should fill political spaces. We should fill financial spaces. Ah. Huh? Because the problem with the children of God is that when they get a move, the move excites them and they forget the establishment that move was to bring. And so we may be excited about one mega meeting after another mega meeting after another mega meeting, but we may forget that God is not just calling us to feel halls and fill churches but we are also being called to learn how to function in the spaces that shall be availed because of our numbers come on somebody come on somebody and that is why people who understand the time will know that 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 that, that, that now is the time i ought to prepare for where this move is going and that is why we are taking girls to school because we are anticipating as this move of God is happening, we will need people who have the skillfulness, come on, who have the skillfulness to be able to fill these spaces because the time will come where the men of throwing the stones will be needed and you don't know how to. Where we will need men who can do this and you don't know how to. So to be restored is not just us to occupy and, and celebrate that we have recovered what we lost. No, it is also for us to know how to function in the space that this move of God is bringing unto them. And they said, and the friends of Job came and ate with him and they gave him gold rings. You know, one of the things that happened to the children of Israel that led to their detriment is that God moved them from slaves and they started asking for kings they had never lived as kings and so they were exploited come on and when they get to the land that God is promising them God says I'll give you cities that you never built huh? I'll give you houses that you never built. I'll give you vineyards that you never planted. But the question is not that God won't give you the city, but once he has given you a city, running the city is different from receiving a city. Ah, ah, come on somebody. Running the city is different from receiving a city. So while God gave them the prophecy of what he will give them, instead of them now going to see what does it take to run a city, the one who could run a city died. He was told he can't go in. His name was Moses. So they who entered in were children of children who had been slaves. So when they entered in there, the only thing they could do was to copy the people who had ran cities. As God was warning them, when you get there, don't choose their God. But what else do they know? That's why most of us, there is a particular caliber of money when we get to, we don't know what to do. There is nobody amongst us who has that kind of money. So what do you do? We have now to ape somebody else who will now tell us, this is how you should behave. Because we have not yet learned that what God is saying he will give us, we have to start training to carry what he will give us. Come on, somebody. And so for us, as this 
season is coming and we are seeing mega moves of God. We are having uh, a friendly uh, government towards the church. Sometimes you will come to discover that the friendlier the government was, the weaker the church and the weaker the Christians became. If you're a student of the Bible. Isaiah chapter 6 says, it is in the year King Uzziah died that he saw the Lord. Uzziah was his cousin and he was a king. And so Isaiah could prophesy, but it is in the year King Uzziah died that he saw the Lord. Come on. And when as friendly as he was, Isaiah forgot that the glory of God had never visited the temple once. So as we are in a very, very friendly atmosphere, let us not lose sight eh? and celebrate that we are having record-breaking numbers in fields, but not record-breaking numbers in spheres of influence that is shaping the culture of the next generation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. Come on. And I'll tell you this as, uh, because we are not in a position to advise. We are just the donkey that happened to be near. We are not in a position to advise. But I can tell you this. There's going to come a very strong economic recovery in this country. And I'll tell you this. Number one, I'm telling you this as a person that I'm not telling you this to say that the success validates the person. Hello? And I want to say this. Success is not a validator of God. So the success of the government will not just, we will not, God does not just use success because if God used success, Noah is a failure like me. He only had eight souls and one big boat. He had more animals than people. The success that shall come out of this season or this season will be spiritually inspired because God wants to restore this country. Okay, but it is not a validation and I'm not speaking to validate any political side. We, we celebrate and we pray for the president who is currently there and we celebrate the contribution of those who are not in power right now. And unfortunately, you cannot be a leader without passion. And so sometimes when you see two leaders, it's because they both have passion. But unfortunately, there's only one president at a time. So some people have to, their passion has to be frustrated or forestalled for another time. But the prosperity that shall come in this country shall not come as a validator of who is there, but who is there. Come on, somebody. It shall not come because of who is there, but who is there. Come on. 
Am I talking to somebody here? Am I talking to somebody here? And as that comes, the question is not us saying amen. Is will we be children in the marketplace who will be saying, my God, the dollar has reduced and you don't have it. Now it is up, you don't have it. It has reduced, you don't have it. Oh my God, the roads are good, you don't have a car. The cost of unga has gone down. You are not a farmer. The eater of ugali does not make a shilling. If you are not positioned to fill those spaces so that that recovery restores also the church. Come on. That recovery restores also the church so that you, this is the time, and that's what I'm saying, you should be talking about, you should be talking about re-education of yourself because the next season will require new models. Come on. Will require time architects, people who know how to take things and make them produce faster. The years of you pointing, I graduated 2020, 2020, I can't remember very well. You'll be surprised that the game has shifted. Hi. Am I offending you? And foreigners will begin to desire to set local assemblies. And they will look for citizens who can help them. Instead of them coming to run enterprises, they will look for citizens locally who will help them run those multi-million dollar agencies. Now, you may sit on the side and say, lucky you, lucky you. But I want to tell you, you better align for it. Because guess what? Somebody will still. You see, the worst thing about God is when God speaks, it becomes. Now, unfortunately... God spoke of the falling of Babylon. Amongst the children, they were crying, by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were doing. They sat down, wept, and cried. God had to look for another king in Isaiah 45. Because God does not build with weepers and criers and sitters. He can use somebody else to move you out of weeping and crying. But aren't you tired? He went and looked for a king called Cyrus. He was a small king, a Persian, of a very far race, very far region, very tiny. And now Isaiah starts saying in Isaiah 45, that says a lot to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. It's not that Cyrus was the first choice. But the people on this other side, the time for the falling of Babylon had come. But at that particular time, there was Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Someone's crying, Lord, Kumbaya. Oh. And God is wondering, I didn't bring you to Babylon to sit. As Babylon was falling, this was supposed to be one of you. Huh? This was supposed to be while we are playing our dating games. Somebody else is given the mandate, and guess what? The one who caused the fall of Babylon is the one who benefited from Babylon. Hmm? Whoever God uses to dismantle is the one who shall benefit from that fall. Wow. 
So whatever God is doing, you must always know that God is always looking for a man who he can make to fit a gap. So if you are not that man who fits the gap, you will always be enthralled and shocked by people of low, maybe intelligence, but they have a better fitting and they can fit that gap. Kai, come on. So as, as big things are happening and as God is bringing a, an economic recovery to the country, it is not to endorse the man, but it is to make restore his church. Come on. Hello. If we don't think banks, we don't think communication, we don't think theater, if we don't think that all you're thinking about is what we think about, others will come and harvest from us and we will be shocked at the best seven years of our lives we will be looking at ourselves and wondering now we are little pity am i talking to somebody here am i talking to somebody here am i talking to somebody here so you can hear me as a prophet or you can hear me as an opinion leader but whichever you choose it is coming okay it is coming and because it is coming, it shall, you see, the problem with us Christians, we've been turned into that we celebrate the person without us positioning ourselves in a manner that we can fill the spaces that make a civilization run. Mm -hmm. That is why they want you to be excited about the politics of the day. The best thing you can make somebody become is to make them politically think they are winning. The true win is not what is happening when the person is on the seat. The true win is how is it being directed? Is it by you? or by the person next to you. Living next to a bank does not make you a millionaire. You will discover that the other day. Living next to a hotel does not make you full. You'll discover that the other day. Living next to a school does not make you educated. At Yabedemi, I'm very informed. Naishi Kandoya Nairobi University. You'll be surprised. Huh? Huh? Being next to water does not quench your thirst. Huh? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And God is going to use Nairobi as a springboard for this country. Amen. So let me just tell you my two things because that's the power of timing. You know, the thing about God, he visits before he manifests. In Genesis 18, 10. Genesis 18. I can say this in 10 minutes. He visits before he manifests. And many of you, when God visits, you stay in the... Uh, start at verse 4. So that 10 can make sense. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Verse 5. 
and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by. Inasmuch as you have come to your servant, they said, do as you have said. Verse 6, so Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. Verse 7, and Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf. He took one that is tender, gave it to a young man and he hastened to prepare it. Verse 8, so he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Verse 9, then they said, where is Sarah your wife? This is God visiting. So he said here in the tent, verse 10, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life and you shall behold. And that's timing. You see, God visits to give you time to prepare. He visited and he said, so where is Sarah? Ah, she's here. I will return and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Verse 11. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. So we are seeing God is speaking to Sarah when she is past time. Come on. She's speaking to, he's speaking to Sarah when she is past time. And Sarah is saying, after I have grown old, well advanced, past the age, Sarah within herself saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? So Sarah is, God is speaking to her and she is past that. Come on. And because she is past that, it looks, because when you are living in time and God visits you, Time has become your master. Time is telling you, you are old, you are past time, you are advanced in years. The pleasure of children has even left you. So, so, so it's, it's, time has already predicated upon her that whatever is told, if it could have been told 60, 50, 40 years ago, it could have been the right time. Come on. Am I talking to somebody here? But I told you, when God is in time, it becomes grace. Come on. Hello. Now I want to give you another one. Come on. When God moves within time, it's called Kairos. Kairos. Now hear this. To us, time is a very important factor in everything that we do. And that is why it is important to have the right priorities in play, place and the right principles at play so that you don't waste time. Come on. Now, when God is moving in the time of Sarah, she's saying, well, this is a very good thing 50 years ago. Very nice. 
But now as you're talking, and so the next verse says, and Sarah, she laughed. Hello. Because God visits so that he gives you time to prepare. And so the visitation we are receiving as a country and the visitation we are experiencing as a church is an opportunity to put the right principles, the right priorities, the right personalities in place. Aya. Ama. Ama niaje. Am I talking to somebody here? You see, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12 says, There is a time to be born, a time to die. Verse 10, a time for this, a time for the other. A time for this, a time for the other. A time for war, a time for this, a time for this. But the Bible says he makes all things beautiful in his time. Come on. Are we together? So whenever you have something and God is not in it, it has lost its beauty. Come on. Everything becomes beautiful when it is in his time. But when you take it before his time, or you have it before his time, it becomes a burden, it becomes a frustration, it becomes a battle. You have to live through the tensions of life from war to get, from peace. You are living through those tensions because when God enters in and he turns it into Kairos, suddenly it becomes beautiful. Come on. Am I talking to somebody here? Am I talking to somebody here? So, so what we call a beautiful life is that somebody's life has been marinated with the right spiritual priorities and the right spiritual atmosphere. So now he is walking in the Kairos. Come on. I'm going somewhere. I'll not keep you for long because I'm a bit uh, here and there. So what happens? Sarah, you are old. That is true. Come on. That is true. If it happened at the time it's supposed to happen, it could have been very good. But now that it is happening beyond, it is now not happening because it is your time. It is happening because it is my pleasure. It is I who is speaking. Because you have to know that in the kairos of God, it is not about you getting, it's about him getting his glory. Come on. Come on. Therefore, wow. Is that something? Is that something? So when you are talking of Kairos, we are talking that at that particular time, the Holy Spirit working from within you Working from within you directs you on what you're supposed to do. You see, when you're not a spiritual person, you're a natural person, you operate with the clock. Huh? Yeah? But when you are a spiritual person, you don't operate with the clock. You operate with the timings of your spirit. I, your clock is here. One day they came to Jesus and he said, my time has not yet come. However, because my time has not yet come, put water in the jar. So even Jesus, out of time, 
That is John 2. He said, my time has not yet come. Your clock is your spirit man. That's where your clock is. And let me tell you this. And this is why when you're talking about time and timing, we are talking about timing. For you to be restored, it's about timing. It's not about time. Many people have married wrong in the name of my time to get married has come. Many people have quit their jobs in the name of I hate my boss. I think my time here is over. Eh? Hating your boss has not made you an entrepreneur. I hate my boss. You will be surprised. Huh? That chronology of waking up, blah, 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 blah. But there is timing. And that is what God wants you to have, is timing. Because in timing, you know what to do. You are not blindfolded. You are not always shocked. You know which artillery to dispatch because of timing. And that's what you get beautiful from. Come on, somebody. That is where you get beautiful from. Because if you follow time, you will either move in tension. But if you walk in timing, you will walk in beautiful. Ah. I feel something here. You see, you see, and this is why I like what you're doing, the prayer chains and all that, because we are not, we are calibrating your timer. Come on, come on, you are calibrating your timer. Some of you have already disqualified yourself, but, but when you become spiritual, God is calibrating your time and he's saying, by the time I come back next year, my visit was not just to make you happy, to make you cook, to make you run. My visit was to make you conceive, was to make something out of you, was to put something into you. So when you're in a spiritual space like this, God does not just visit for pleasure. He visits for purpose. And that purpose is now you walk in his timing. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to somebody here? And so when we are talking about timing, we are talking about intelligences. Come on, we are talking about aimings. We are talking about purposes. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to somebody here? We are talking about recalibration of yourself because now you know that what God is making of you is more than what you could have planned for yourself. So if your plan is overwhelming you, how about when God plans comes and you are, un, you are you are not well schemed in the things that God wants to do. You'll, you'll collapse. You'll collapse. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. Timing. That's why in Ecclesiastes 9 11 and I can finish with that so that Sunday I can do the other one. Is this something? Is this something? 11. I returned and saw that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. Those are the tensions of time. Nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. 
Come on. Now, we are seeing there's that word time and there's that word chance. That word chance, that's the word season. That's the kairos. That is, in every person's time, there are openings. Openings. So, what your timing does is to prepare you for that opening. Come on. You know why the enemy wants you emotional? So that you don't see your openings in time. By the time unakuwa serious umezalia mjinga. He wants you drastic, emotional, careless, so that by the time your openings come, because it's open, so he wants you distracted, he wants you diverted, he wants you convoluted, he wants you with this skillfulness and strength and all this, but what happens is that by the time the opening is, is coming, you are out of the ark, and the gate is closing, and now you're thinking, Noah, open the door, because what happens is that Noah said, and the time came, and the door of the ark shut. This thing is about opening. And closings. It is it is what women go through. You see, children are not born like this. Ha! Oh, time ya kuzeme fika sawa. You go. It's not like going to the toilet. It's then you start hearing. I, I can see the head. And then at some point, they'll tell you, at that point, now push. Now, if in that point of push, you don't push. If in that point, you're diverted, you're too tired, and that's what the enemy wants. By the time the openings of your life are coming, you are too tired, you are too diverted, you are too, you are too entangled, you are too distant. By the time your opening time comes to push, the enemy would want you far because he knows if restoration hits your life, if restoration hits your life, you will become more than what you could have been even if you went to the best universities in the world. And so he wants to make sure that your mind is ever caught up in other things and, and, and so that you are not aware. You are caught up in time, but you don't know about openings. And that is why when it's talking about Kairos, it's opportune time. It's favorable time. It's seasonable time. It's the time when the harvest is coming. That is why, if you look at the Bible, the enemies would always strike at harvest time. The Philistine would wait until it is harvest. When you are planting in January, hakudaivat. To kuapa one week of prayer, no mention Dikadiyah's resolution, hakudaivat. You are serious. Pastor Mnu says, write and type. You write and type. Unakujanaya We will pray for your goals and your vision for 2023. At that particular time, you are sowing for the year. Hakudaivat. At that time, you are actually seeing by the end of the year I will be here. He gets you to February. He now gets you to your Valentine craze and suddenly you begin to feel like he's not man enough. He's not good enough. This is not good enough. This is not this. And you begin to divert yourself because he knows that a time is coming. There is a word that God will release somewhere in the middle of the year. Huh? 
somewhere in the middle of, somewhere in the month of May, somewhere in the month of September, but by the time you are getting to September, your heart has become stony heart or thorny heart or wayside height. And by the time God's word is coming, the output of what you are receiving does not meet the input of what has been spoken. And so whatever God said, by the time he is coming back, what he visited you for in January, he comes back for it in September and defines, hey, what happened here? You're like Abraham. You have another child somewhere. You have already bathed for something else. You have already given to something else. And so now he has got to again to tell you that child will be blessed, but that child will always fight this child. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. So in the restoration agenda of God, you have got to be ready for opening. So what are you doing? You are building pushing capability. So there is no need to say, you are building, your, because that time will come, you'll be told, push. And at that particular time that you're supposed to push, that is the time the opening will have come. And that is why if you don't push at the time of the opening, you will go back again to the cycles of time. The cycles of time, the cycles of time, the cycles of time, because in the middle of time, there are openings. And that is why you need to build your timer, your spirit man. There was a man who was seated around a prophet. His name was Gehazi. A man came with a lot of money to him. And Elijah says, no, we don't need it. Just go and shower and uh, we will be healed. He went and showered seven times and he came back, his skin was healed. So he was going with the money that he had brought. Ah. Gehazi remembered, how can this man come be healed? He ran after the money. Elijah asks him, is this the time for that? Now is not the time. That was not the time. This is not the time for the offering. And now, because you have taken that, what was on him will jump on you. And as, as he ran after looking for the offering, he thought he was running after money. He came back with leprosy. Because that is what the enemy, he wants you for those openings when they come. They find, and he says, was my spirit not with you? Because he did not have the timer of the spirit. He, he refused, he, instead of operating with the spirit, of Elijah, he was operating with the spirit of the time. Hey, opportunity, openings, and closings. Be careful who you are opening for. Be careful what you are opening for. Be careful because when restoration shall come, you will may end up saying, my God, by the time God is coming to restore you, you will become like Saul. The Bible says the moment Saul laid the offering, Samuel arrived. Opening. That is what shall kill the restoration plan of God for many of us. We are not keen on what am I opening for? What am I opening for? Because this is the time to incubate, not open. But because it's restoration time, the drive, Jesus said, tarry ye and wait until the Holy Spirit is poured upon you. And the moment he was poured, 
they could not be stopped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody here? Am I talking to somebody here? Are you tired of looking at the calendar? Are you tired of looking at the calendar and saying, Wani mezeeka, ya umezeeka, but it doesn't matter. What have you added? You see, when you're talking about Kairos time, we are talking about the quality of your time, not the quantity of time. You can live long like Methuselah, but have no quality to your life. You can wake up like I can wake up today and wake up tomorrow and wake up the other day. But if I am not putting any qualitative additions to my life, there is no kairos. When the opening comes, it will just open to a black man. But if I'm putting some qualitative fundamentals in my life, when the openings come, I will fit that opening. Ayah. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you that preparing for openings is boring. But because it looks like you look like everybody else until the opportunity comes. David and Eliab were brothers, but they were not the same. David fit his time. He fit correctly. When he saw Goliath, there were things David was doing behind that when the opportunity came, he fit that moment. He killed Goliath. The one who could have killed Goliath as a soldier, as a warrior, Eliab, he had nothing to provide at that time except external promise. He looks the part, but he cannot fit the part. David never looked the part, but he fit the part. Timing, openings. Your opening is coming. Your opening is coming. But will you fit that opening? Will you fit that opening? Will we walk into a room of executives and all you can do is look and smile and ask, can I take water? More water. And take a selfie of the backdrop. Will what God visited us for, the time to manifest, will you become irrelevant? at that time of manifestation because when the opening comes when the king will have a dream and he will need an interpreter of dreams will you just be a prisoner in jail an innocent man in jail a good man in jail or when he comes into that occasion you will be promoted based on how you fit when that opening came and Joseph walked into that opening he fit that opening the king said from now nobody will be greater in the throne in this land apart from me to you. He fit that occasion. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. There are people here, openings will come for you to become managing directors. Some of you openings will come. You see, the enemy wants you in cycles of, oh I need this, oh bills, oh see this, see this, because he knows very well. When that opening comes, you will have settled for the cramp and there will be a loaf of bread that's why you must learn to be institutional thinkers because the opportune time, the favorable time, the time of God, God when he's making things beautiful, that's why he's using your spirit man to let you know that, hey, the time is coming. And when that time comes and they want to make you a CFO, a CEO, will you be ready or will you be the hot gossip? Huh? When people hear you up, will they say, wow, that person has, ushekanae nimripe from kitambo. Ama will they say, really? Kimeumana. Kimeumana. 
to us spiritual people beauty is not a physical component beauty is our ability to fit into spaces seamlessly hmm hello amaniaje are we together are we together everything you want if it can't fit it can't fit there are times of have you ever bought a shoe or something and it didn't fit and it was nice but it can't fit you can't you can't unshrink yourself or grow yourself out uh, uh, there was something that somebody got me and it was it was so nice and i really loved it but i i, I put it on it can't fit and so I, i i gave the good reverend i'll not say which one but i gave one of the good reverends because if it can't fit it can't fit hello and there are things that you love but the question is can you fit because that is what makes you to be restored can your friends give you gold apart from mushene can your friends come to your table and all of them you know when they are removing their rings they are speaking from now we are submitted to you can your friends remove gold each of them like job and give to you and say as we are eating you take my ring you are now the head of my life you take my ring can we run conglomerates of companies one of our daughters has just left here to leave to go do business in another place and for business not holiday within six months this is august yeah from january to now overseas see utali overseas just from here hey. Come on. We want to release those ones so that we can talk to these ones. Why don't we release the online church? Father, we thank you. We bless you for the online church. Lord, as they release them, may the blessing of the Lord let them be prepared for their kairos. Let them prepare for their openings and the openings of time for them to fit into those openings as you accurately desire of them. I bless you with the blessings of a father, the blessings of the house of God and the blessings of God Almighty. Go ahead and give the payable number there is 200302 and make a point to worship with us physically on Sunday that you may be part and parcel of the Judah experience. God bless you and those of us in the house give the online church a hand clap offering.